0: Thank you for joining us today for the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me, as always, is Jay Jones. Hello. It's Free For All Friday. It is Free For All Friday. How's this, it going? This week has flown by. I know, yeah? I don't know if it has for you, but it has for Are me. Are you running out
1: of time for uh, sermon prep? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Definitely. Sometimes it sneaks up on you like that,
0: yeah, yeah
1: well george uh you know i'm I will be spending the summer researching my next sermon um series or book, yeah, and I've been tempted greatly with Ecclesiastes, part of it's the challenge, you know, <laughs> yeah, who's ever preached through Ecclesiastes? Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever actually done it? Don't know. <laughs> Have you
0: looked to see if anyone's preached through it? Has MacArthur preached through Ecclesiastes? Definitely not. Okay.
1: None of the... Uh, I think Alistair Begg has preached some sermons in it. Okay. Uh, I found found some, so that may be helpful. Yeah. Uh, but I've ordered some books, but,
0: you know... It's really frustrating when you are preaching through a book and you want to hear some other guys preach it and they haven't preached it. Yeah. I, I ran into that when I was doing judges. hmm Like, I'd really like to hear somebody preach um, how they're interpreting and and presenting this text, and none of the uh, none of the guys that you would you
1: go to um, had preached through it. The biggest challenge for preaching a book is getting a good outline. Right, you want your outline to emerge from the passage. That's easy with like Paul's letters or other epistles. would mm-hmm. say easy, easier, more difficult <laughs> with narrative. Yeah. Challenging can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the Psalms are easier, too. There's clear. Ecclesiastes is next level. So <laughs> so Alistair Begg, I, I I heard him preaching a sermon at the beginning of Ecclesiastes, and he said in his research, and I remember who he's quoting, some uh, guy wrote a commentary. He said, there is no logic or outline for Ecclesiastes, and any attempt is futile.
0: very encouraging yeah um i i may have something that that might be able to help you yeah i'll have to i'll have to go back and look Uh,
1: the yeah i mean the the challenge is is, i mean if you're making like a commentary you can write chapters whatever you can work through it but Mm -hmm. to give like hey here is something for you the people, <laughs> right, that you can wrap your head around and grasp it and take it home with you. Yeah. That's the that's the challenge. Right. So. But Right. I uh, I feel like I have to do it now. I feel obligated because I feel obligated <laughs> because here's this book, it's in here. I've never heard, you know, anyone ever preach through it.
0: Isn't that quite I mean, isn't that the temptation like you want to preach something that you've never heard preached before? I mean, that was one of the reasons I wanted to do Judges. Yeah. Have you ever heard a sermon series on Judges? No. Um I think when I looked at MacArthur's um list of sermons, he's done a couple out of Judges, but never the whole book. Mm. Yeah, there's there's something tempting about wanting to uh, to sure. preach through a book that you've uh-huh. never heard preached before.
1: Yeah. So can I show you something? Yeah. Since you just brought it up, MacArthur. Uh-huh. Can you flip over to the uh to the thing I found this this morning. Some guy here's what some guy tweets. This uh, Brent Hobbs. I don't know who this guy is. Church financial admin just asked me why these MacArthur books are in the trash can this morning, mm-hmm. and he has to tweet a video of himself throwing away a MacArthur study Bible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what,
1: what, what world are we living in here, George? Why don't you take that Bible and give it to somebody who doesn't have a Bible?
0: So there's there's new that. Um, what is this about? What is her name? What's the what's the name of the? I don't know. Let me let me find it real quick. There's, uh, you know, there was there was allegations against MacArthur. Um, covering up Julie Royce.
1: Right, right. Yeah, how he handled the church discipline case. <laughs> covering
0: covering church discipline and and a wife that I guess she was being abused by her husband.
1: Well, a lot of this information came out, I think, after. Right. Yeah. Right. But After she she wrote about that. Right. Right. Well, um, two days ago
0: she put out another article that says MacArthur covered up uh, pastor sexual abuse. Really. Um, and she's got an article about it, and so that's probably in response. Oh, you think so? To that,
1: yes. Huh. Didn't even never even heard of it. Yeah. Any factual information given? Well. <laughs>
0: So uh, a couple of thoughts because people are probably going to run into this stuff. I know I had a friend on Facebook that was posting all the all the Julie Royce stuff. Uh-huh. Um, a, what a month ago, right? Um, Julie Royce obviously has a beef against MacArthur. Uh-huh. Like it, it's obvious. Not even it's not even veiled. Like mm-hmm. she has disdain for MacArthur. I don't know if it's his theology. I don't. I don't know. Um, two. Don't. Don't immediately dismiss something, even if it's an allegation against you know a favorite pastor. Don't immediately dismiss it, uh-huh. but don't automatically believe everything that's that's written, because there's a lot of shenanigans that's going on in uh, Big Eva. Oh yeah, right now, uh-huh. and um, stuff like this is being weaponized. Yeah. against uh, against pastors. Um, there's stuff in the SBC right now. Right. That is um, coming to light that is just horrendous. Oh, yeah. Um, using um, someone who had been abused in the past to essentially blackmail a pastor uh-huh. um, against speaking out against some of the woke stuff that's going on. Yeah. So I, I don't want to immediately dismiss it just because I like MacArthur. uh uh-huh. um, i I don't know. Uh, but I also know that Julie Roy's is not unbiased. mm uh-huh. And I don't want to believe her just um because she wrote something. Yeah. Um one thing I, I... I wasn't there. I don't have all the information. Julie Royce doesn't have all the information. I mean, there's stuff that came out about
1: the last story about the church discipline case that there were obvious things that were left out of the story. Well, one of the things I think that's clear is that they're not gonna tell you like if anything was given uh under um what's the term well private Inconfidence. Confi- in yeah, inconfidence. confidence you know like right. you go to your lawyer you don't expect your lawyer's going <laughs> to right blab mm-hmm. and so even if what they say could defend themselves right they don't say it because mm-hmm. that would mean they're breaching somebody's trust and confidence right so they'll i think they'll be they'd rather be defamed um, which as again not dismissing it outright, but just looking at the pattern of the past of how these things have played out in the past. He'd rather be defamed than to break someone's trust.
0: Yeah. I mean, MacArthur has a, um, I mean, he's he has a good enough track record that we shouldn't just immediately believe all these allegations against him. Right. right. Um, I, I think that it comes back to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Um, goes on to say the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him, uh-huh. and I, I think that that um, that applies doubly for uh-huh. stuff online. Like we're not there, we don't have all the information. Even if you read a detailed article from Julie Royce, um, don't assume that she has all the information. Um, so we we got to be really careful and and not. Not just immediately jump to judgment uh-huh. on on either side, um, because we we simply
1: don't have all the facts. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got one more thing for you. Just a little change. The uh, it'll change it up in here. We need to we need to lighten it up a little bit for a second. Okay. <sighs> that this is that, Twitter. That
0: scares me every time you all say right. something like that, Jay. It it causes me to have a little bit of trepidation.
1: Well, let me introduce you to the baseball Twitter world. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where you can go, and you can unburden yourself, George. Okay, I know Twitter is a place where, uh, in the religious world, it's pretty toxic, but you might find refuge in baseball Twitter.
0: Well, one of the uh, one of the tweets I saw um, when Elon Musk was. Um, Making that bid to buy Twitter was. I hope that he throws it into. Uh, he has the courage to throw it into the fires of Mount Doom
1: from <laughs> whence when it so came. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me set this up for you. Okay. Before we show this video, so baseball is changing, George. Um, you know, it used to be. So, so one of the big things that's changing is home run celebrations. Okay. okay. Now I think that the reason this changed is because baseball, now professional baseball, has a lot of uh, players from Latin America, so Dominican, Venezuela, whatever, uh-huh. and they're real colorful. Like their personalities, right. they're colorful. They're uh, I hate I hate to say it, but you know, sometimes us white folks <laughs> are a little bit, well, not colorful, mm-hmm. right? Got our ways of doing things. So when I came up, our uh, your your
0: uh, your ancestors who drank out of the skulls of their, their enemies. enemies would be really ashamed of how I reserved guess I, that you've uh, become, Jay. We've, been,
1: we've become tamed. <laughs> we've been tamed. So we're dignified now, apparently, uh, uh, and that right. went into baseball somehow on a bunch of unwritten rules. Okay. Okay. One yeah. of which was. Uh, you don't celebrate home runs they call it pimping home runs so you don't <laughs> okay. you don't you don't hit your home run okay. and flip your bat up in the air and beat your chest and you know and whatever can i tell you that one
0: of the worst the worst memories i have of of major league baseball is when bautista did that bat flip when he hit that home run well that was just the beginning bud i hated that okay. that, that
1: still makes me just dislike bautista <laughs> So, so, you know, when I was coming up, and, I, you know, Puj- Pujols was my teammate. He, this guy uh-huh. hit a home run like every other at-bat. Yeah. Um, Where so, is he? Not, he's 19 away from. Yeah, yeah he's going to do it this year. He'll, he'll make yeah. 700. Yeah. But Dave Bingham used to tell us, act like you hit a home run before. Now, he wasn't saying it to him because he hit one every other bat but <laughs> you're going to hit one and then trot around the bases slowly. Mm-hmm. Like our coach said, that's showing up the pitcher. You already showed him up by hitting a home run, sure. so get around the bases. So just get around the bases. Act like you hit home room four. Okay. well now, I mean, I kind of like some of the celebrations they do. It kind of makes it fun, in my opinion. Some of it goes too far. What I don't like is directly addressing the other team when people do that. Like, if you want to flip your bat, look at your team, and be like, ah, and your team's going crazy for you. <laughs> but don't turn to the other team and be like, whatever. Do you want some end zone celebrations? Yeah, slapping <laughs> your chest, <laughs> like, like doing whatever. You, <laughs> you just did, hit a you new to
0: da- You have to do a dance when you uh, cross yeah. home plate.
1: So, you just hit a nuke off the pitcher. You don't need to talk to him. You Uh don't need to talk to their team. I present to you Juco Baseball. (laughs) Okay. George, I knew this was going to come because I told Drake, I said, dude, it would bother me if some of the stuff people do with their bat flips that get ridiculous. But Uh if you start talking to me or or my team, like I'm going to ear hole the next three batters (laughs) and the coach is going to have to take me out of the game. I'm going to, like, knowing Ryan would regulate it, right? Uh But people are like, oh, you're just old school. That's stupid. All right, but I knew this was going to happen because it was getting out of control. Now this is North Texas College, okay, Juco versus, um, uh, what is it? The name will be will be given here in a second. Okay, you ready for this, buddy? Sure. All right, that's it. Guys hits a home run. He's rounding third base. All right. Is there? Where's the volume? Is there no volume? Technology. Oh come on! We are come
0: on! We are professionals. All
1: right, you got to switch over. I got to get you volume for this.
0: Okay, got. We have to listen to it. Oh yeah, you got
1: to hear the announcer. Okay, (laughs) okay. All right. Did you? uh, If it doesn't go this time, then I I don't know. There we go. Oh Oh, my goodness! (laughs) Okay, here he comes. Round third. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Taking
0: the lead here in
1: game one. Oh, oh man! Oh, oh, oh. oh. oh no! So oh, if no. you're if you're listening and you don't have video, you know you, you have to go online and just watch this. <laughs> Guys coming around third, pitcher throws the glove down. Yeah, sprints as fast as he can, turns into the greatest like NFL linebacker you've ever seen, and knocks a dude <laughs> out of his cleats. Right. The comments are like immediately lost scholarship and mm-hmm. gained a full ride for middle linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Let me let me let you watch it again. It's an impressive hit. North's it is. Oh, yeah. One. Oh, man. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> that is <laughs> oh, quite no. the hit. That was out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> here, the best part is he actually gets up and crosses the plate. Watch. Woodward he recovers. Here he comes. Attacking the... Here he comes. Sorry, I just... Phillips right there. Look, look. Kisses <laughs> the hands. Points to the, the sky. And... Yeah. <laughs> wow everybody is talking about this thing today man really oh yeah yeah it's been it went viral in baseball world <laughs> big time um it, and it was coming eventually like I, i've known this is gonna happen like mm. it, the coaches have got to reel it in apparently he said something to the pitcher like cussed really? at him oh really <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know I, I didn't see his if he did a bat flip or whatever <clears> but <throat> that's where i say i say if you want a bat flip get your team hyped You know, jump around. All right, I'm I'm down. Don't talk to the other team. Mm. Well, this isn't basketball. You might get laid out.
0: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: well, I mean, back in we don't have regulators in the game like we used to because the games change. Like Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens, they regulate. Like you step too close to the plate, Nolan Ryan might buzz your nose. Uh You know, it's just there's the game is different now. Mm. So there you go, George. Times are changing, times they are changing. Yeah. That was an impressive hit. That was uh that was it was. That guy was a former football player had to be. That was a uh waterboy hit. Yeah. we watching the waterboy. Oh yeah, that's what that was somebody's comment. Really. Somebody somebody commented and say he said something bad about Bobby Shaye's mama. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was my surprise for you this okay. morning. Well, that was good.
0: That was yeah. good. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got a video here that's not. <laughs> it's unbelievable in its ridiculousness, but it's not really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really just. It's kind of. I mean, it's blasphemous, but it's also showing kind of where um, the woke, the woke nonsense is. I mean this is where it's going to go yeah right um, so this is uh this is an interview that was done I can not remember it was on msnbc Mm-hmm. because of course it was uh, this was um, a former advisor to um, Bush and Cheney and I'm trying to remember his uh trying to remember his name um, Matthew Dowd- uh. And he he and some other uh, some guests are being interviewed on MSNBC. And uh, well, let's just hear what uh, hear what he had to say he here. Let me uh, let me start it back here. All right, let's uh, let's listen to what Michael Dowd has to say.
1: Are we gonna get this? This is gonna get tagged. Maybe we'll see. YouTube's we'll see. gonna be like, edit this out. sure <laughs> right. This is not your
2: program. All right. Over the Easter holidays. And the Easter holidays, the entire message of the Gospels of the Easter holidays was love one another. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Jesus Christ was alive today, he would be called a groomer. There you go. He would be called woke and he would be called a socialist if he was alive today. If he was it? speaking, the message. And hey, you got following-
0: this. You got this lady over here on the right. She's just nodding no. Oh, like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: she's doing it in an intelligent nod. Okay. <laughs> because you have to. You have to make the eyes uh-huh. and the head. Mm. So that you're. You've they been can practicing. See you are intellectual. You too understand the true meaning of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right, you've studied. So
0: Jesus would be called a groomer, and he, this guy just says it without any.
1: Is the me- the message of Easter to love one another?
0: Well, he keeps going. You want to yeah, hear? Yeah. You want to hear a little well, bit a more of let's his of his understand his understanding? A groomer,
1: of... a socialist, and what else? Woke
0: and woke. Yeah. The message of Easter is is love. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, let's 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 let him finish.
0: There's only about thirty seconds left. Let's let him finish
2: gospels today about treating everybody with dignity. Jesus Christ hung around with prostitutes and tax collectors. He was nailed to a cross because he spoke on behalf of the most marginalized people in the Middle East.
1: All right, hold on to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Let's hold,
1: Hey, hold tell, on to hey, that. Wait, we'll... <laughs> George, I got to say it. I haven't said it on here. I, and it kind of it annoys me when people do this. Uh-huh. Like, tell me you love me without telling me you love me. Hey, here's what, tell me you don't know anything about the Bible right. without telling me you don't know anything about the Bible. Uh-huh. And then you can put that as exhibit A. Right. Okay. Uh, we're almost done. <laughs> Let's hold on to that just for a second. All right. So,
0: all right.
2: And the idea that certain segment of our population has tried to capture the faith and corrupt a message that I may have been a follower of since I was baptized and went, was confirmed and served on the altar in the course of this... Is something I think all of us—it's not just people of faith, but all.
0: All right, it it cuts off. It—he doesn't finish his thought there. He's—he's really aggravated that there's a certain segment of the population that is distorting the message uh, of (laughs) Christianity. So stupid (laughs) of Christianity that he's—he's been raised. I'm assuming that he's Catholic. He's talking about being baptized and Uh confirmed and serving at the altar. Um, I'm assuming Catholic. but uh, I think it's ironic that he's so upset that there's a certain segment of, of people in America that are distorting the message of the gospel, Jay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know who he's talking about. Right, of course. Uh, he's, t- he's talking about us. Yeah. Um, because if we really preached the message of Christianity, if we really preached the message of the gospel, then Jesus would be called a groomer, woke, and a socialist. Uh-huh. Um, and he was crucified because he spoke he on behalf spoke of the, behalf the most of the marginalized. marginalized of uh, the
1: Middle East. Mm. And look, Jesus
0: hung out with prostitutes and
1: tax collectors. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's, uh, like I said, tell me you don't know anything about the Bible without telling me you don't know anything about the Bible. Mm. Jesus wasn't crucified for speaking out on behalf of the marginalized. Jesus was crucified for uh, claiming to be God. <laughs> right that's that's the that's the reason why he was crucified. And they got the message and they knew the message. Uh-huh. Not only well I want I want to say he was c- crucified merely for claiming to be God. If you want to get inside the perspective of those who participated in the crucifixion, the Jewish leaders, the and they were cha- he was challenging their their power. He's a threat to their power um because, and this is gets to the heart of how evil the hum, humanity is. <clears throat> I believe they probably thought that he could be the Messiah after he raised Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. which is why they said we got to kill Lazarus too. Right? Like they knew he did miracles. At one point, they attributed his working of miracles to demons, mm-hmm. um, but eventually, I think they began to connect the dots, and I think. What happened was they realized they'd rather kill the Messiah than lose power. Right. I think is what it comes down to. Right. Um, Because after Lazarus is raised from the dead, like, that's something to where, I mean, it was done in the proximity of the city. Mm Mm-hmm. Large portions of the population were testifying to the truth and the validity of it. Even some in their among their own group had started to become secret disciples of Jesus. Right. Like the walls are closing in, um, they use they use the blasph- blasphemy charge um, as the reason to do it. Uh, now you know they were they were they were not believing in the way that we would say we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But I still think that that was there. Could he be? Maybe, and this is a big threat. Yeah. And then they also thought if he is the Messiah, Rome is going to just totally destroy us. Right. Rome's going to react and decimate, uh, which they end up sealing their own fate when they crucified Jesus. Yeah, this it, is the irony of the whole thing. It,
0: it is just really twisted that they would believe that a Messiah was coming, uh-huh. um, and when he comes, they say we've got to kill him because they're not believing the promises they're of god they're not believing god they're not believing god
1: better um, for him to still, die they're
0: still religious so they're still religious they still they still believe that a messiah is supposed to come but um, when he actually comes <laughs> they they fulfill the the prophecies uh, about him uh-huh. in their unbelief it's, it's the other um, the other part of amazing. it is
1: is the hatred, well, him him showing himself truly to be God. Um, that's the other part that they couldn't handle. Uh, they had, because they didn't believe the Old Testament, and this is what Jesus tells them, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. Yeah. Um, so when he came in with evidence and proof, showed himself to be who he was, God in the flesh, they couldn't accept that either. And so... um, he had to die for that
0: hmm
1: yeah so not that kind of messiah right <laughs> they didn't want they didn't want the kind of Messiah God was going to give them um, they wanted a different kind so what
0: uh, what you know what what stuck out to me and why I watched that video in the first place was that the headline was this guy says that Jesus would be called a groomer mm-hmm because this and it's it's taking a swipe at um, conservatives because the word groomer is, is being used a lot lately um, right. related to it, it uh, it's all it's all centered on the the Florida bill that we mm-hmm. talked about a couple of weeks ago right the, the parental rights bill right because you've got teachers in the public schools that are mad they're they're leaving they're moving out of the state and people are the conservatives are saying, well, they're, they're groomers. Like yeah. Anyone that wants to k- teach a kindergartner about gender identity and sexual orientation is a groomer. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to be a little bit um, tighter on our definition of groomer and, and not just throw it around everywhere or it will lose its meaning. But um, there are definitely people in the public schools that uh, they are just hell-bent on – yeah. talking about their sexual orientation and and trying to push this stuff with kids and there's a reason I think, I think that th- they're doing it they're trying to they're trying to win the kids over to oh, this yeah. stuff and I think that that is
1: uh, that falls under the umbrella of groomer I, I think so they they uh, the groomer has obviously powerful rhetorical effect and I've used it before yeah. because it captures an idea now, while that while the left is offended, is they say, we don't want to have sex with children. We're not groomers, so they're using it in that more narrow definition, right? Where you would say, where where they would say a groomer is somebody who engages in manipulative uh, behavior, over, maybe even over a period of time, or uses different power structures to influence in a way where they could prepare a young person, right? And they say we're not doing that. We don't want to. We don't want to do that, you know. And so they're you know, right? And so back and forth they go, but. The rhetorical effect is there, and it's clear what they're doing is they are recruiting people into their ideology. Right. Whether they want to to have sex with them when they're kids or whether they want to when they're in their 20s, uh, they are recruiting them to a perverse ideology. Right.
0: It's the only way that this movement
1: can reproduce. Right. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look, it's a known fact that most... uh, uh, if we could we could in a quick Google search pull up the data. Uh, most homosexual men were abused when they were mm-hmm. when they were young, right? By a man. Uh, you can see, I mean you can see some of the stuff
0: going on. How, did you see all the the uh, information about Disney employees who were being charged with child um, mm-hmm. like predator oh, yeah. behavior, child pornography, uh-huh. stuff like that. So there is, there is this stuff going on, and it's in this community. Um, but to, to draw this line of comparison where Jesus is welcoming the little children to him because he loves them uh-huh. um, and he blesses them to these uh, kindergarten and elementary school teachers who are um, having the kids uh, march around their school in a mock gay pride parade Mm -hmm. is (laughs) super offensive. Right. Jesus did not uh, welcome the
1: little kids so he could teach them about sex so here's I think one thing that these people need to understand about when Jesus came into the world and who's the minority in this culture. Cuz they say Jesus is on the part of the marginalized. Jesus is on the on the side of the marginalized and those in power are those he speaks against. The people that are in power in this nation are the LGBTQ community. Right? They they are the supreme power. Mm-hmm. They've they've captured the mind and the heart of, of America. They're trying to influence children and push their agendas. If Jesus were here today, they'd be screaming for his crucifixion. Right. Because he would be calling them brood of vipers, mm-hmm. uh, evil, abominations. These words I I have no doubt would come out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, for them to keep pushing
0: this narrative that they're they're the minority and they're they're just always being looked down upon, while every every media outlet, all all Hollywood, any kind of communication is all pushing this agenda. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Like they are not they are not they might be the minority in in the population wise, but in terms of influence, they're the they're the one percent right Uh they're they're the ones that they're the ones that hold all the power right because they hold all the all the entertainment and information and um they've got the government officials you know on their side and they're the ones that have the power so that this this whole narrative is is pretty ridiculous right but um they're they're not seeing that they're being called groomers not because they love children but because they want to teach children about sex when they're like five years old yeah Like that's um that and they just don't get it because they're so they're so given over to their sexual desires and their lust that they can't help but talk about it right they can't help but push it on on kids uh-huh. um and it's to to uh, try to draw a comparison between. That and Jesus is just the the height of wickedness.
1: Mm-hmm. I really want. What's, in, what's interesting too is how Jesus is always presented as a person who only hung out with prostitutes. <laughs> like he hung out with prostitutes right. and drunks. Yeah. Well, that's not all he hung out with.
0: And he didn't hang out with them so that they would stay <laughs> right. the same. Like why? Like why would the prostitutes and the tax collectors have wanted to hang out with Jesus? Right. Because he's just. Well, just you do you, you know, uh-huh. you just you just, uh, just be your true self and, and love is love. That's not what Jesus was teaching. They come to him and they hang out with him because he loves them and he forgives them of their sins. They repent and they... And they're transformed. They're transformed, yeah. And they find
1: a new life. Yeah. The tax collector, I mean, his disciple's a tax collector. Do you right. really think that his disciple continued to be a defrauder <laughs> right. of his own people? right. The tax collector came to Jesus and was transformed. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so it's so like I said. Tell me you don't understand the Bible without telling me you don't understand the Bible. Yeah. It, it, there you go. Perfect, perfect example.
0: Um, but the you know the message of the gospel is not just love. It's not Jesus wasn't crucified because he hung out with the the marginalized. He was crucified. Because this was God's plan to reconcile sinners to Himself by the atoning death of Christ, right? And that's that's not talked about by these people because it's offensive to them. They they are they are driven away by the the true message of the cross. It's foolishness to them, yeah. Because they they think that Jesus came into the world just to accept everyone as they were, and the the leaders didn't like that, and so these oppressive people they uh they oppress jesus right it's liberation theology it's not it's not true biblical christianity it's not it's not the atonement it's liberation theology that's it's just i don't uh, again part of
1: i'm wondering if they have like like different books that they have that read that maybe we haven't read before like how how could jesus be accused of being a socialist like i've i feel like i've studied his his books that we have in the bible like pretty Decently. Yeah. I never would have come to that conclusion. Yeah. Like, where are they even, where do they even grab this stuff from? Where do they get it? I guess
0: anytime you, uh, you say give to the poor or, you know, um, be generous with your money Mm -hmm. means that you're a socialist. It means give, give your money to, uh, to the government so that they can equally distribute it. (laughs) Like, that's not, that's no, that's nowhere in, yeah. Jesus, um, told them to pay their taxes.
1: Right.
0: I don't know. I really wanted to push your uh, your limits of uh to see if you you would be able to sit through this uh this prayer, but
1: uh you can't find it you can't bring Well,
0: it so uh Duke Divinity School, they have a new, I guess it's like a campus club. It's called Divinity Pride. And I can imagine you know what that is, Jay. They had their first, um, if you turn over to my, uh, my screen, you can see their, uh, their page. So they had their first service, service of the word with Divinity Pride. It was, um, and they, uh, they had this service, and look here, it says, Duke Divinity School will hold a service of word with reflections from the Divinity Pride community. This service is in collaboration with Divinity Pride. The service can be viewed on YouTube, all are welcome. Let's click on this real quick.
1: Oh, Uh,
2: I uh took it down. Uh,
0: I watched this. When did I send this to you, Jay? Monday. Yeah. I watched. uh, I watched some of this on Monday, and now the video is private. It's gone. gone. (laughs) So apparently, something happened um, that made them take it down. Take it down. But But I was going to show it to you because um, the service starts with this. uh, This. This lady um, giving this prayer that is just atrocious. Yeah, is absolutely atrocious. And um, she calls God the Holy and Queer One. Um, she says that I, I love this. We want to affirm everyone to be who they truly are. To step into the Holy One's fire that burns away all that says we are not good enough. And refines us by the Pentecostal fire to be who exactly the great queer one calls us to be. That's pretty wild, man.
1: Sounds like Isaiah six.
0: You know, anytime, anytime um, the fire of God burns anything away, you don't want to be. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to be that
1: person. <laughs> you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, this looked like before they took it down. Um, well, what I saw, it lo- it literally looked like a uh, like a pagan ritual, mm-hmm. almost. You know what I mean? Like the people were, you know, respon We have you know responsive prayers. That's part of like Christianity, or whatever. But but they're praying these responsive prayers to this queer one. Yeah,
0: like it's legit. It's a legit. Oh yeah, there was like there was like responsive oh, yeah, reading.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's like a- if you ever wondered what what did pagan worship look like in ancient Rome. Or in the Greek world, where people would come into a temple and they would celebrate their sexuality, which is what they're doing. Uh-huh. They'd celebrate their sexuality with one another and, and they would find that the God was pleased with that and they were engaged in paganism. Look no further than Duke Divinity School. Yeah. Listen to this. There this you have this it. was
0: part of their responsive reading. So the, the people that were in. In the congregation, they they responded with strange one, fabulous one, fluid and ever becoming one, do not allow us to make our ideas of you into an idol. Fluid and ever becoming one? And then, at the end, you are mother, father, and parent. You are sister, brother, and sibling. You are drag queen and trans man and gender fluid, incapable of limiting your vast expressions of beauty. Like, who are they praying to, Jay? So so what you... <clears throat> Who are they praying to? Well they're
1: they're praying they're not, pra- they're not praying to uh, they're praying. the triune god. They're praying to a demon. They've right. been they've been they've been deceived by by a demon. Yeah. Um there's do you think uh, th- do you there's think there's panentheism is in that prayer that uh-huh. God is all of these things. He's right. the trans man, he's this, that, that like like they're affirming, I'm sure if you were to dig down it deep into it. That there is, uh, a, there is an element of God in all of us, mm-hmm. and what we need to do is to um, unlearn the things that keep us from our true selves. Yeah. And that our true selves <clears throat> is where we find where we are in touch with the God within all of us. Right. I guarantee you, if they sit down and talk to them, because that's what kind of comes out of that last section. But also the ever-becoming fluid one demonstrates that some type of a commitment to some type of process theology. Yeah, that God is in process. Right, that He is ever changing.
0: Yeah, and, He's He's gender fluid. He's like he, He's yeah. He's just always changing into different
1: things. And yes. so, well, we can too. Ever learning, ever changing, mm. ever growing, and we're kind of in this deal with Him. So, I no I, no objective truths. Yeah. God, uh, well, the God of the Bible never changes. Mm-hmm. He's perfect. Right, He can't get better because if He were to get better, that would mean He's not perfect. He can't get worse because that would be change and he'd be imperfect. So he's been eternally perfect in all of his attributes. So his attributes sometimes are called his perfections, rightly so. And he's always been perfect since before the creation of the world. He doesn't change, he doesn't learn, he doesn't know. He simply is good and holy. And the grounding of all objective truth is God's being, right? So we believe in objective truth because it's grounded in God's being. Now, if you believe God's ever-changing and fluid obviously you can believe in anything which is what's occurred at duke divinity school right the lines that stuck
0: out to me were do not allow us to make our ideas of you into an idol um even though they're turning their ideas (laughs) into an idol they're worshiping a false god because they're they're projecting all of these things onto him and then um you're incapable of limiting your vast expressions of beauty and I think that what they've done is that they don't want God to have the freedom to say, "This is how you approach me."
1: Well, God, God has God has revealed the vast. Uh, well, He's revealed His vast beauty. Right. The problem is they don't like it. Yeah. Um, well,
0: they you, do, they don't they don't want to be limited. They don't want to be. They don't want to. They don't want to limit their worship of God to a God as a father, even though that's how God has revealed Himself. They think that the writers of the Scriptures are limiting. Who God is, you can't. And you, they're trying to make it unlimited right. by calling him mother, father, parent, right. sibling, drag queen, uh-huh. trans man. Like they're just trying to encompass all this stuff, and they're trying to make God us. Like That's a, God is not a man. He's not. He's not like us. He is transcendent, and he's also sovereign. He is the one who is. Um, he's the only one who can say, "This is who I am. This
1: is how you approach me." Well, this is the way anyone does, right? Okay, so let's think about it from the human perspective and then um, we'll try to, to apply this to how we are to th- how we know about God and how we are to think about God. These individuals, these ones who they would identify as the queer ones. That's like like we' the you know that, this is the weird ways they describe themselves. Duke divinity pride, people, they would be incredibly offended if you were to, to be in a room with them and you were to tell them, this is who you are, mm-hmm. right? No, 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 don't talk. Here's who I observe you to be. And you were to tell them all of these things. They'd be like, you can't define who I am. Right. I define who I am for myself. I tell you who I am, and then you then listen to what I say, right. and you believe it, and don't impose upon me something that I am not. That's mm-hmm. violence. right. You're doing violence to me just in your thoughts and right. in, in your speech. They won't extend the same right to God. Right. Right? God is a person. He and, and, and in many ways, we can't even observe. Like, you can get in a room, and if you're a hyper-observant person, you can actually know a lot about, by, a, by a person by just observing them, right? How, how do they look? How do they interact with other people? Like, from your perspective, you're gathering information because I can observe you. Mm-hmm. Well, God's timeless, and he's, Im- he's timeless, immortal. He's a spirit. You, if you even try to observe God in your fallenness and in your sin, will come to wrong conclusions mm-hmm. about him. So sure. what does God do? Because he's loving and good God. Okay. He says, uh, the best thing that could ever happen to a person in this world is that they would know me. That's the best thing that could ever happen to them. So I'll give them that, because I'm a gracious and good God. So he tells you exactly who he is. He says, I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to tell you how good I am, how gracious, how merciful, and you can come into relationship with me. And they say, no, <laughs> right? that's not who you are. Yeah. You're who I say you are. Do you see the folly? Do you see the arrogance? They bec- the, they, the wickedness. It, it goes back
0: to Genesis chapter three. You will become like God, knowing good and evil. You will be the the one who is sovereign. You'll be the one who gets to has yeah. has the final
1: say. And that's what they've done. They're putting themselves in the place of God. You mu- yeah, I mean they it, it's so preposterous. It's so it's it, that and it's the blindness that's over their eyes mm-hmm. because they would absolutely melt down and lose their mind if you were ever to tell them, Now this is who you are. Right. And they, they won't they won't give they won't extend to God the same right. Yeah. Um this is a display of human evil and wickedness. Um which I mean, we often think of human evil and wickedness playing out on a horizontal plane because it's what's most stark when humans suffer, when make other people suffer, and we say, "What a great evil!" Mm-hmm. Um, that what we ought to think and what we ought to do is not to look at this and go, "Oh, hey, whatever." We ought to look at this and say, "What a grotesque evil." Mankind attempting to do violence to God's character, mm-hmm. which it's futile. You can't. Right. You can't do anything to him. But still the attempt is a tremendous grotesque evil to try to impose upon God something that he is not. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat>
0: so we were talking about this before before we started recording. You and I both believe in a, a final man of lawlessness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: an antichrist. Right. Do you think that when he uh, shows up, he's going to be dressed like Elton John?
1: <laughs> Where does that come from? Where like does it come like coming su- out of su- left field? Like
0: the super, um, uh, the super, like gay guy. Um, Do You think he's gonna he's gonna be like we can be gender fluid and just whatever we want to be. Do you think that that might be? Uh,
1: I think. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? I think that the the spirit that is behind all of this. Gets down to the core of man um, creating our own reality. Mm-hmm. Um, how it all plays out when the man of lawlessness appears? Because this this man of lawlessness. I mean, I'm
0: being tongue in cheek here, Jay. I'm. I mean, you've seen Elton John and like his big boa and <laughs> the big glass, <laughs> right, the, right, You know, right. like the bedazzled, you know, glasses. Yeah, no, and I, stuff. I don't. Like I don't. But uh, like super flamboyant. Uh,
1: I don't think it'll be so obvious, like that maybe i'm not trying to get into like a deep <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> he discussion here he he will uh you're trying yeah i i know what you're doing but <laughs> you know he may he may he may appear uh, as someone like um this is why you should be tactful or, or uh, wise mm-hmm. like Zelensky, right who is super pro uh-huh um Everything under the sun, right? He, before before he became a hero, a hero of freedom, yeah. Which you know, there's much to be commended about his bravery and the way he is trying to stand for his people and against the evils. Uh, I mean, people—that's <laughs> evil. What's going on over there? There's no way around it. War crimes, evil yeah. stuff. But, but but let's not let's not make him something he's not. Yeah, uh, he's an evil man too. Mm-hmm. He's opposed to to. He is pro everything that we should be against. Yeah. Um, they even censor their own people, from what I understand, before mm-hmm. this happened. So, um, yeah, it, it, that's the way that he will appear, though, as a hero of right. mankind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We got, <laughs> we got off track. The Elton John thing threw me for a loop. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying it's impossible, man. I mean, the yeah. way, the rate things are going nowadays, All Right. the rate things are going at now, mm-hmm. um, it may be illegal to be like a straight person. Yeah. Think of that dystopia. That is... Uh, we that, only grow our humans via AI. We grow them in human uh, growing pods. Uh-huh. And it's now illegal to be a straight person mm. and to try to to have a child a normal way. Yeah. That's not an impossibility, right? What do you think? See, that's the novel you could write, Jack. Okay, I guess I
0: could. <laughs> that's kind of bringing in Brave New World and uh, Nineteen Eighty-Four. Yeah, um, together there's some of that going on in,
1: in both of those. Uh-huh. So anything, it would be like the reverse world, or you know, the upside down world, mm-hmm. where anything God has said is good is outlawed yeah including having children Mm. um it could happen i mean we're we're on the trajectory i mean like we're on there dude who would have ever thought we'd be having these type of conversations about duke divinity school even five years ago nobody yeah nobody man
0: so demon deacons man i've known a few of those in
1: my life do we even have time to talk about this last piece? Sure, why not? I don't know that we really do have a. I, it's, I mean, it's it's up to you, man. Yeah, let's hold on. let's hold off till next time. Okay, because it it will take longer, yeah, longer to talk about. Um, so let's do that. Okay. I think that's it, George. I you got anything
0: else? About... You got anything else that you've got uh, hidden away?
1: I just tell people, you know, bat li- bat flips get fat lips. <laughs> All right, take that with you on your way out. All right. Was that your final word of wisdom? That's that's word of wisdom that I imparted to my kid. Yeah. That's what we say in our house. Bat flips get fat lips. Okay. So Drake doesn't he doesn't pimp out his home runs. Okay. He just hits them and gets around the bases. If he starts making money to play baseball, then he can start flipping bats. Until then, it's old school in my house. Okay. That's a. That's not from Ecclesiastes. You may have thought that it is because I've been oh. <laughs> cause I've been studying it. Yeah, yeah. Vanity of vanities. Fat flips get fat lips. Fat Fat lip, flips are vanity. Yeah. A man may hit seven hundred home runs, George, uh-huh. but in the end, it's all vanity. It's all vanity, and all chase all. It's simply a chasing after the wind. <laughs>
0: You know, sometimes the sermons just write themselves, Jay.
1: (laughs) I know. Uh, All right, let me shut this thing down. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us today for the Conformed to Christ podcast, Free for All Friday. We just like to have a good time on Free for All Friday. You know, hopefully uh, that's why you come, have a good time uh, on your drive or wherever you're going, and to to learn a little bit more about God and to try to shape the way that we think. I think this is the idea: is we want to take the Bible and have that affect our minds and then that will affect our heart and then we will follow Christ better. It'll it'll impact how we think about things and how we live in the world. So hopefully this has been beneficial. If it has, please like, subscribe, share, pass it along to your friends, maybe write us a review. And as always, it's our hope this has helped you to become more conformed to Christ. See you next time.